Today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that I've been lucky enough to be using for a little over a year now. Only rivaled by the impeccable customer service that Kevin and his staff provides, CoachMe Plus's ability to constantly be amoeba-like in their ability to mold and, and matriculate what you're trying to get across and bring together is, is absolutely fantastic. Their constant pursuit of better ways and better methods and, and innovations and progress to their own product is absolutely fantastic. Go over to CoachMePlus.com. Check out what they got, guys. It's, uh, it's something that I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we are joined by Onnit Academy Shane Hines and Christian Palsencia, and we are going to be talking about human optimization and their training principles down there in Austin with the Onnit Academy. We're going to start out talking about a little bit of history with the Academy and the education system and the certifications that has really been developing for the last 24 months or so. We then start talking about the principles behind their system and the ideas of longevity and durability and how those are just the integral pieces of what they do. And we finish off talking about durability and longevity and how they feed into performance outputs, you know, for different athletes and clients that they've had in the gym. Guys, this is a really awesome talk. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Fellas, thanks for being on with us today. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. So, hey, how about we start out since there's two people, two voices. Let's give a quick intro uh, as to who you are and what you guys are doing down there in Austin. All right. Uh, my name is Shane Hines. I'm the director of fitness education here for the Onnit Academy. And uh, so I came on board uh, two years ago, just after the Academy launched and have been working with our chief fitness officer, John Wolf, to kind of build out this, this education and trying to bring across a lot of what we've learned over the years in combination with a lot of new learning that's continuing to come out and just kind of finding the correlation between all of those things. And so, yeah, so that's my role here and I have the pleasure to work with this gentleman uh, throughout, uh, his coaching, uh, that he does here at the gym. And then also being a part of our, uh, education team when uh, we're doing certifications and whatnot. Yeah. So my name is Christian Placencia. I've been here now for about two years in Austin, uh, originally from California. Um, you've had John Wolf on the podcast here before. So my mom was his second client, like ever, ever. Ever. So when he was working like at a Gold's Gym back in California, um, you know, really close family friends. It wasn't until about my senior year in college, so four, three and a half years ago, that um, you know I was going to go the PT route, physical therapy, and then last second he was like, you know what, man, like I'm here at on it. You know, you got a really good head on your shoulders. We had trained a couple times. You know, he mentioned that, hey, how about you apply to UT? And then, you know, maybe I'll think about signing you on, you know, part time and working here as a trainer. Um, so I ended up going that route. Uh, been out here for, like I said, about two years now. I work as a trainer in the uh, gym here at the Honda Academy in Austin, Texas. And then had just like uh, Shane had mentioned, I also work with the education team assisting in the certifications. And, um, you know, with the certifications, you know, we have tons of disciplines, right? So we have like our foundation cert, which is like our, you know, entry level kind of just how we, you know, view movement, right, with all the tools. And then we have each specific individual certification on each tool. So what I really work in specifically is the durability stream. So, you know, we have our master coach, who's Sarah Jamison. She's out in Canada. And then I assist her as a senior coach for the durability stream here. Um, and then CJ, you actually had CJ on here as well. He does the sport performance, right? So it, turns, it works a lot with the football players and other athletes who come in here to the gym. So I work again in the durability stream within that sport performance group there as well. No, and that's awesome stuff. And a mutual friend, alumnus, and it kind of is funny the the connection with U of R and on it with uh, some guy who's got something to do with the company. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> and Mark Megna down in Miami, 
That's who right. is mm-hmm. uh, a huge supporter and a huge proponent of the education programs that you guys put on. Um, I think that's something we really need to talk more about because I think the thing that you guys bring to the coaching industry that is really world-class, next-level type stuff because, I mean, obviously what we do is education. And, and it's a big part of what you guys do. So let's really dive into that, you know, the principles behind the system and, and, and what certifications and how this has expanded over the last, like, 24, 36 months. Yeah, that's, well, something that, so I guess the beginnings of the Onnit Academy, Onnit as a company as a whole started out, it was around five years ago mm-hmm. and uh, five or six years ago. and. It started out with supplements, and the supplements was the primary focus, and a lot of people are familiar with Alpha Brain as the big flagship one, and then it's continued to expand from there, and having the other supplements like Shroom Tech Sport and looking at different sports performance, what will help performance, and that the 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 tagline, the the theme for Onnit that's looking at is total human optimization. And so having started out in with the supplements, it then uh, started to build and grow and expand. And one thing that there was an appetite for was unconventional equipment. So not only kettlebells, but steel maces and steel clubs and whatnot. And as that started to happen, then they realized like, hey, we're going to sell like we're going to sell some of this equipment, but there aren't a lot of people that actually know how to use it. And it's not just how to use it, but use it in an intelligent way that serves a bigger picture. So, you know, there can be using and really feeling, you know, and getting a good workout on a personal level, but then really looking at, hey, how do we create something bigger where we can create a lot more content? And that was educational content. And that was a big thing that started to move in the direction towards the academy was, let's look at building more educational content so that the people who are buying this unconventional equipment that the company was valuing and seeing as a really important part of total human optimization could you know start using it and at that point that was when the idea of the academy came on uh they brought on a uh, a magazine like a fitness magazine that would help proliferate that that content and build out an education system and the gentleman that had been uh, a part of the process with the magazine he had he's like I know one person I know a guy who does all this stuff and he's been involved in education and that was John Wolf whom you guys had had on the podcast before and so they contacted John and said would you want to come over and be a part of this and he went looked at everything and went yep this makes sense and so he's basically packs up his family and is on the drive to Texas and he's on the phone and he says, so dude, there's this thing on it. Uh, when are you getting down here? Because we've got a hell of a lot of work to do. Rewind real quick. I'm originally from Canada and John and I had been working together in fitness around movement, around these unconventional modalities together in an educational capacity for about eight years by that point already. And so we had been looking at, hey, how's a way that we could get, what would be a good opportunity for us to get on the ground together? Because we knew if we could be on the ground together, we did a lot of travel and uh, projects and working with, uh, with other organizations and just really trying to promote all of this stuff that when you see on it, total human optimization, they're like, oh, that's a message that completely resonates. And so uh, I eventually got down here and uh, that built into looking at the education system. And one of the things that when we were looking at the education system is what it is that we want to try and bring across through that. And that's for us, the, the Onnit Academy fitness system and education system is longevity and performance. And those are things that through the modalities that we have learned over the years, uh, that performance is something that is super highly valued. 
because it speaks to our higher capacity, whether it's on a personal level or a professional level. It's this higher capacity that we want to really, everyone wants to move towards. That being said, I think it's recognized that to go to the higher levels of performance, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And there's also a lot of sacrifice and a willingness to push the edge to try and get that higher performance outcome. And through all of our experience, we had recognized that, well, we prioritize longevity and performance as opposed to performance and longevity. Because if it were flipped that way, then the focus would be on the performance and the longevity would be secondary as something that, ah, well, you know, yeah, let's make sure we kind of try and stay healthy, but our focus is the performance. As opposed to flip it, that when we come in, we actually really look at, we're going to look at longevity. And from that longevity standpoint, it's going to feed into higher performance. But not just higher quality performance short term, it's higher quality performance over the long haul. So that you can keep going for a longer period of time at a higher level, and then, you know, on a personal level, uh, that just allows you to engage life and the activities that you want to do more on the professional level. And any athletes that I've spoken to, my first question is, they're like, so, you know, why would I want to look at this stuff? Well, do you want to have a career that lasts three years? Or would you be up for having a career at a decent output that could have you going seven, ten years? Hands down, they're like, uh, yeah, seven, 10 years, cool. So then that's what we wanna be able to provide. And the unconventional tools, you know, a lot of people will look at and go, so the unconventional tools, it's kind of gimmicky. Uh, I don't know how much this is really gonna feed into. And what we look at, and we can dive in a little bit more into the idea of the durability side of things, cause that's the thread that kind of ties all the things that we do together, but, the unconventional tools are basically the weighted implement, the test. They're a variety of angles to come in and really build out through higher force load in different variety that allows us to then challenge, okay, what are we looking at from a longevity standpoint? No, and I think, Christian, that's a perfect spot to run with it, man. You know, the durability <laughs> aspect and how this ties in together. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I think a lot of times, like Shane had alluded to, you know, if we're looking at athletes specifically, right, I mean, they're born with this God-given talent. Now, you know, there may be some people who have really started, like, from the bottom, like a Jordan, who didn't have a lot of great talent in high school, had to work his ass off, and then got to the point, you know, where he is basically today. So a lot of the athletes that come in, I mean, you're only really going to be able to, you know, elicit maybe better outputs depending on their training age, obviously, by such a small percent, right? And you can, you know, we think about the investment of time, the investment of modalities that we're giving into all of our athletes and the return that we're going to get with it so far. And I think definitely Shane can speak to this as well Is you know, when our athletes come in, you know, yeah, you know, our performance is, you know, obviously their performance on the field, on the court is key. That's their, you know, their breadwinning. That's how they make their money. But at the same time, if, if they're hurt, right, if they can't perform over a long haul of the season, right, over years of training, then at some point something's going to give, right? So I think that when people come in, you know, we give them simple, what looks to the naked eye is simple mobility drills, you know, simple movement patterns that then start to challenge them in ways that they've never felt before, which is a really big thing that we really like to emphasize here. Because, you know, it is one thing to, to see something like, okay, yeah, I can tell you a million reasons why that exercise would be awesome and carry over to, to sport performance. But it's a whole other thing to put your body through it and actually physically move through. And that's something that you know, at our educations, you know, during our, our certifications, we really preach is that guys, we can look and judge and say all we want, but until we feel it, then we can kind of step back and speak to it from a different perspective, right? Because now you have some type of context to go to somebody and be like, dude, you know, if it's a quarterback, man, I was, 
you know, by week six, you know, my shoulder just wouldn't stop clicking and clicking. And, you know, all I was doing is throwing in these simple movements at my elbows and shoulders. And next thing you know, I mean, the clicking was gone. And, and more importantly, like now when I'm doing my, you know, back, chest, shoulder day, whatever day, right, in the, in the weight room, I don't need all this extra time at the end or extra time in the beginning or, you know, these extra warm up prep sets to make sure that my shoulder or whatever I'm working on is suitable that day. You know, because, you know, we see tons of athletes come in here and it's like, what's on the list, right? Like, what's bugging? Like, what's hurting? It's like, oh, it's the shoulder, it's the ankle, it's the knee, it's this, 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 this. And there's so much going on that sometimes for like people, they just become so desensitized to it that it's just like, oh, what's normal? Like, it's, yeah, my right shoulder's hurting, but ah, it's been like that since high school. It's like, well, at some point, something's going to give, you know what I mean? And and obviously when it's when we get the younger athletes, it's like a it's like a double-edged sword. I think the younger athletes so far, what I've seen through like the combine, right? The NFL combine training group is the young athletes are so susceptible to wanting to jump in. They're just like, dude, let's do it. Let's do it. Because they're so young, they're so fresh, they're going into a new world with the NFL. Obviously, I've never played college football, but their eyes are being opened. It's like this whole new realm, right? Leaving college, getting into the professional field, and they're willing to do any little thing they can, right, to get on the field. But then it's funny because then you also see some young guys are other way around. It's like, oh, yeah, my right shoulder, but like, ah, I'm fine. Like, I'm Superman. I'm fine. Like, it, it goes away when I play. You know what I mean? So it's it's tough, you know, again, getting that buy-in from the athletes because we can preach all we want. But again, until you feel it, then you can kind of come and, and really speak to a certain specific context, I guess. Yeah, I think that that's really how it is with, with everything when it comes to training mm-hmm. with athletes. Um, and I think one thing that Sam brought up this weekend that was really important to me mm-hmm. is that all of this is not like eclipsing what you would do in the weight room. All yeah. of this is intertwining yeah. and assisting. Yeah. And I think that going back to what you were talking about, when we talk about these things being in people looking at them like they're gimmicky, like they would be like, well, so you're telling me I should just swing a mace or Indian clubs or a kettlebell and we shouldn't squat or sprint. And it's the exact opposite. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's something that I think, you know, especially in the early go, it's starting now after, you know, the Academy has been around for like two and a half years, but now after consistently being able to, uh, interact with a lot of different communities. So there's, the uh, collegiate sports performance communities, there are the uh, CrossFit communities, there are the group fitness class communities, there are your everyday, we actually, we were keeping track of numbers, just kind of getting a sense of who, well, who's coming to our certifications? And we had 40% was approximately 40% of people coming in and doing a trainer certification, were just doing it for themselves. They were just coming in to learn so that they could go home and work on stuff and keep getting better at stuff. Not, and not fitness professionals. Not fitness professionals. And so oh, it was wow. every day. Yeah, like not fitness professionals. And so we have the non-fitness professionals and then we have uh, people who are transitioning from that into a fitness professional realm. And then we have fitness professionals who have been around for a long time who are like – looking for what's the next step in deepening their education. And then we have clinicians. And that's been something that's been really interesting is that we have the the number of clinicians that have come through and being able to take the content and going, oh, okay, yeah, actually what we're learning here is something that we see can help transition the people that they're working with, which are in pain and broken. And their specialty and focus is to help people get out of pain and moving enough so that then they can transition to trainers who can then help bring their strength back up and bring up their performance metrics. And that a lot of the stuff that uh, the feedback that we get and this Kairos and PTs and they're looking and seeing what you were talking about in terms of this integrative, it kind of acts as an integrative bridge. So it's something that you can do while you're healthy, but it's also this integrative bridge that helps people move from being in pain or broken to 
not being in pain, not broken, having a stronger sense of their body, and then to be able to get higher performance metrics out of the stuff that they normally do. And, and so that's something that, you know, with the focus of the education system that we've got in is we, we don't want it to be, it would be really easy to go down a deep scientific rabbit hole. And that's not really our strength. Uh, we understand a great deal of it. There's a, a great deal of it that we don't understand. And that's where we have really great relationships with other groups and organizations that that is their strength. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no, but this is why, and this is why, and this is why, and this is why, and that ties into that, into that. And what we have continued to see is that through a lot of experience uh, ourselves, through a lot of education ourselves over the years, and then a lot of application seeing how it works from your uh, your uh, mom to the weekend warrior to professional athletes that we feel really, really confident about because the results have been showing. And then we have that reinforced by our network who are clinicians and who are looking at uh, deeper metrics than we necessarily spend time on. And a big part of it is not because we don't value those things, it's because our focus is on the application and we're trying to break this down in a way that is making it really easy for people to pick up and continue to do and see these higher end results that we're looking for. And I think something that Christian really, you know, touched on and, and you could probably speak to this as well with your experiences, tying it back to, uh, high performance athletes and professional athletes and those who have the goal to become professional athletes, they are walking around in pain all the time. Yeah. And that when you're walking around in pain all the time, you become desensitized to it, but it still doesn't mean like it's still there. And so physically you may have that. And even though mentally you're like, nah, but, but I'm good. I can still do it. Mentally, that's a thing on all of those deeper levels is still affecting us mentally. And if anything, in the sports performance realm, more and more, it's recognizing, oh, well, no, it's it's how you're doing mentally can be the difference between the game winning touchdown and just getting smashed. And when we're in a constant state of pain, that is constantly uh, competing for your mind to be able to be in the space, even if we're ignoring it underneath the surface, it's still competing. And so I think that that integrative, uh, that, that integrative complement that we're looking to provide is, hey, we can do, look at the elements of uh, structure. We can look at the elements of optimal alignment. We can look at the elements of uh, how to distribute load effectively through your body. We can look at how do we allow our system to recover so that we allow the natural cycles of, you know, even from something like going from a sympathetic, a constant state of a sympathetic response from the nervous system into parasympathetic, because that's where we get that the the gains that we're looking for from all the stress that we're putting on in order to get that adaptation how do we get the optimal recovery so that you can come back around to your your training session or your game and hit it harder because you're not worn out and fatigued and just trying to push through and i think that's something that you know we talk about in durability that mentally there is a lot of emphasis put on uh, being resilient, mentally resilient. And I think there's so much value around that. And there isn't enough, you know, uh, recognition of just like how many people are facing the challenges that they face and they overcome it mentally. You know what? It doesn't matter that I'm hurt. It doesn't matter that I'm tired. It doesn't matter that I'm like maybe broken. It doesn't matter that I have a gazillion things on my on my plate that I'm trying to attend to, I'm still going to succeed. I'm still going to overcome. I'm still going to push through and make this happen. That's huge. Mental, that mental resilience is one of our greatest strengths. And yet currently culturally 
that mental resilience is willing to sacrifice what is the vehicle that is carrying us through all of that. And I think that's the part that as it can, yeah, we can push our bodies beyond anything that most of us can imagine until we're put in that position. But if we don't attend to then the resilience of our body, the resilience of our system, of our vehicle that is carrying us through, well, then it doesn't matter how mentally resilient you are. At a certain point, the vehicle won't take you any further. And then you kind of got to go, all right. I guess that's it, mm-hmm. you know? And so if what we're doing is looking at, all right, how do we then support your vehicle to then match what you've been doing mentally? And if we can do that, then your pain is going down, how hurt you are is going down, which is opening up access mentally to being able to be there on game day and perform at your highest potential. So that's, I think that's a big element of and it just because you hit on that because that was you know something that we we speak to and sam spoke to so well is yeah we're not looking to replace anything with what we're doing if anything we're looking to support just Mm -hmm. integrate complement and support what you already do well so you can do it even better yeah and i think that you know piggybacking on what you're talking about with the mental resiliency is in this day and age, so many of these kids are constantly hearing from coaches that they're soft and it's all about mental toughness, which we could talk about for hours. <laughs> um, you know, but really, like, when you're doing things to help them and improve this durability and longevity, the the biggest impact it could have on performance is the fact that they're not getting ripped at for being soft because they're not hurting now. Mm-hmm. And in so many of these games, <clears throat> at least what I'm seeing, and I don't know, maybe it's maybe I've got bad contacts, but what I'm seeing more often than anything is that confidence, especially with this generation, is more powerful of a training of a performance enhancer than anything out there. Mm. Um so if you can get them to believe in themselves more and not worry about my knee, my back, my shoulder, to the same extent, maybe you're not, you know, curing, if that's even a word, um, but you're assisting in the rehabilitation or the, the decrease in the issue, then you may be, that impact on confidence in and of itself mm-hmm. could be the greatest performance enhancer that you could provide them. Mm, Big time. Yeah. So then let's talk about then how these two really do feed into the performance outputs, you know, that you guys see, um, you know, in your clients and and the the athletes that you work with. I think that'd be a good one for you to jump on just with the combine guys you work with. Definitely, definitely. So kind of tying it in, I'll kind of finish it with with what we saw once we – you know, put it to the test with our combine athletes here. But, you know, the way that we kind of look through the lens of, you know, what is durability and how do we look at longevity and how do we look at facilitating this throughout the body, um, we really kind of try to simplify it as much as possible in the sense that we kind of look at it as three eyes, right? So we'll look at just the individual joint complexes, right? So we'll go through the body and just see, you know, how's the ankle work independent of the knee, knee independent of the hip hip independent of you know we can go on for days and looking at each one and obviously within that you know we have tons of standing joints like standing mobility series if you would want to call it that where we can kind of check out okay how does this person move when we ask them to isolate this 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 then to take it a, a little bit further with complexity then we start to look at how well do they integrate several joints right through movement so not really looking at the full body integration yet but just you know, two inclusive joints or, you know, adjacent joints and how do they work together, right? And then from there, as we look a little bit deeper, right, we then start looking more into the inclusion, right, or or, I'm sorry, the integration of the full body, right? And we start talking about, I'm sure people have heard of like fascia, right? So we start looking at, you know, how does our front line move? How does our back line move? How does the lateral line work? You know, where's the gunk? Where's the tightness at? Um, and from there, you know, once we kind of get a better feel, a better, I guess you want to call it assessment, you know, 
um, then we can kind of start to make like our roadmap of where the heck we want to go, right? Once we've kind of built that assessment, then we can start idol- or, um, prioritizing specific tissues or specific movement patterns that we find to be helpful, right? And again, understanding that if we have, for in this instance, we have, you know, the football players, the combine players, and then look a little bit deeper, you know, we have alignment, you know, and what does the alignment need to be successful at his position, right? And obviously we can break that down and, and go, you know, for hours and hours long about that. But basically for the most part, you know, there's, although they're all different positions on the field, they all have to have the same type of prerequisites for movement, right? So there's specific things that we need from the ankle. There's specific things that we need from the hip, right? There's, you know, if there's a lack of range of motion in one area and there's an excess in one in one spot, right? We know that that's going to feed into something down the road. Now, the tricky part is also being able to understand that athletes are great compensators, right? And so the things that they have in their bodies are obviously there and probably giving them a, you know, next step up or letting them be the starter instead of the third string running back, you know? So it is like that interplay between, okay, I'm going to give you an individual dose, right? We're going to do this, you know, hamstring. So hamstrings are awesome one, right? A lot of people are like, well, maybe, you know, tight hamstrings do help, you know, specific jumpers or specific sprinters. Like we want to have a specific level of tightness, right? When it comes to the hamstrings so that performances can, or performance outputs can be, you know, optimal. So it's real simple. You know, we smart, we start with the small dosage. And then from there, it's just about being able to read. So if you have testing parameters, obviously you can check them with test parameters and see, did he get better? Did he get worse? But more importantly is, you know, the whole, the proprioceptive. So for the athlete themselves, like, how do you feel? And that's like one thing, especially if you work with me here, if you're a normal client or a general population or an athlete, I'm asking you that at least like 10 times a session, like probably after every single exercise, how are we feeling? How are we doing? How are we doing? And that's just to kind of start building that proprioceptive feedback, right? That, that awareness of, okay, it's not just anymore like I'm sprinting down the field, I get done with practice, oh, my shoulder hurts. It's, oh, you know what, I was mindful, I landed a little weird on my last, you know, my last set of box jumps or whatever, you know, all my squats, I kind of felt like my knee was kind of buckling outside. And if anything, you know, the athletes becoming more aware of what's going on in their bodies, obviously allows them to kind of be their own trainer, right? Or allows them to, to a certain extent, obviously, but it allows them to kind of self-diagnose themselves and understand that like, hey, you know what, I did a lot of this today, it makes sense that I'm going to be a little sore here today, right? Or, hey, I have this issue already going on. I know that before I go do any type of sprints or any type of jumps, I need to be able to condition these specific tissues or this specific line, you know? So, you know, that's one thing like Shane had mentioned to our crowd that come to the search, like they're not very, um, you know, a lot of them aren't trainers. So we can't really talk in the, you know, the, gosh, I can't even... Like the quadris laborum attaches to the obliques here and does this and they work in cohesion because we can dive again down that rabbit hole and there's other people and, and other organizations that probably do it a little bit better than us. But our deal is let's get you moving and let's get you kind of thinking in this way that, hey, like this is what my body naturally does. This is a cool way that I can know how I can tap into and I can you know effectively or give it an effective dose without taking away performance outputs. Could you share a little bit? I think it's like super valuable tying mm. off of that. Just sharing a little bit about the experience with a couple of the guys mm. where mm-hmm. they came in and their state. And I think, you know, what Jay was talking about in terms of the, you know, where there Mental. may have been mentally and then starting to do this work yeah. that you were doing with them mm. and how after a few weeks, what the shift may have been. Yeah both mentally and mm. how you saw that translate into the physical mm. um, expression. Time. Yeah. So one of the guys specifically, his name is um, is Kent, Kent Perkins. He uh, played ball over here at UT. He's with the Cincinnati Bengals right now going in as a rookie. And uh, when he first came in, um, you know, pretty good range of motion when it came to like the hips, right? I mean, the knees, a little bit of knee issues, nothing crazy. He's obviously. a lineman, right? A lineman, lineman right. Okay. Offensive lineman. <laughs> Um, and so obviously, you know, going in with that map already, okay, he's a lineman, he's a football player, seeing the way he moved, I already can kind of start making a little checklist of things we had to work on, right? And one of his biggest things amongst many other things is he spends the majority of his time in a squat, you know, a staggered squat, if you would want to call it that. And so there's specific, you know, prerequisites to that movement in order for him to be successful that need to be in place. So 
he went and did a or played in a gosh, I don't even think it was a bowl game. I think it might have been a senior bowl game like in Florida, I believe. Um, and there was obviously tons of scouts there looking at everybody, checking out how they're playing, how they're practicing, kind of putting them through specific movement patterns. I kind of just see like, hey, like a deep squat, right? How much can they squat as to grass and how comfortable do they look down there and whatnot? And after that game, we maybe been working with each other for two weeks. He did that game. He came back and worked with uh, with me for about two, two and a half months. He went back into his pro day at UT and same scouts were there. Probably even a little, I think maybe a little bit more. There was a lot of scouts there at UT um, checking out the performances. And like, it's funny, you saw everyone's eyes kind of light up when they asked him to do that ass to grass squat again. And not only did they ask him to do that, I believe they even asked him to like, put their hands overhead, put their hands behind their back and start like walking in a low squat towards the scouts and then start walking back. And it was evident. And of course, this is not biased. This is, you know, taking my my ego out of the door. But out of all the linemen that were there, he by far looked the most comfortable. When we talk about day one and, and that end day at that pro day, it was a completely different animal to the point where the scouts were then looking around and agents were asking around like, who the heck is this guy? Like, this is this is not the same guy that we saw at the Pro Bowl game or sorry, at the uh, at the senior bowl game. And, you know, to even take it even a step further, you know, mentally, it's funny. These guys are so used to like if I'm not dead with my heart rate, if I'm not like crashed by the end of a workout, it's not a good workout. Like it's not successful. Like I'm not putting in myself in a position to be successful every day. And you can tell that. You know, so the split was Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. They would be doing, you know, weight room activities. They would be doing on the field activities to help, you know, help with their performance. And every single day we would do, you know, durability and stretching out before and after. But on Wednesday and Saturday, those days were specifically set for an hour to be nothing but movement and durability days. And whatever I saw necessary with each individual and to where they can improve on to help, again, put out their or increase outputs. And on those Wednesdays and Saturdays, it was so normal for them to, once we got done, and of course it's way lower intensity, like they're still sweating because there's a lot of range of motion stuff that still challenges them. Um, but they got done and, and felt like rejuvenated and like, like restored, which is exactly how you're supposed to feel when you get done with the recovery workout. And you can see in the beginning, a lot of them are like, all right, well, like, can you, can you get me on the field? Can you, can you like do some dead snaps with me? Can you like, can I do, can I do some footwork out there? And I'm like, uh, like, no, like, shut it down like you're done like you go six days a week sometimes i know you come in here on sunday like just just chill the hell out and you can tell by like week three and four and i think a big part has to do again with the whole proprioceptive becoming more aware with your body we also do a lot of breathing to end our sessions um so i think that that really allowed themselves i don't think any one of them so far that i've done breathing exercise with have ever accessed something like that but more importantly have never been that in tune with wow, like it's really hard for me to shut my mind off. It is really hard for me to just focus on my breathing because of the anxiety of, oh, am I going to make it? Is my agent calling me? Do I need to be here? Is there a workout? Is this team? Da, da, da. And obviously, I mean, that's one aspect. I mean, you start looking at their families and everything else that's going on. There's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, so, and and not to, not to go too long, but one more real big example I really love speaking about is a gentleman named Jordan. Uh, Jordan Sturz, he played at Oklahoma State. He's on the Kansas City Chiefs right now as a rookie. He spent maybe like the last month before he had, before the draft with us here. So he was kind of a late late guy kind of coming in. And I'm talking every single day we did mobility and movement techniques that obviously, again, helped his performance, helped his individual body. But he really got – he really went down the rabbit hole of the whole – uh, proprioceptive awareness and just having that mind body connection through breath. So, I mean, he still texts me to this day. I haven't seen him since he's left, but we still talk to this day about, Hey man, you know, do you have a morning routine? You know, um, you know, what are you eating at nighttime before, you know, a big day, um, you know, what's is fasting good, you know, is so again, taking on that responsibility of, Hey, it's more than just, let me put my pads on, let me get good sleep you know, Saturday night. And then I need to show up Sunday, but it's, the preparation that goes into everything else leading up into that, you know, that performance output. So it's, it's amazing to see, like we talked about, yes, the physical, the switch, the changes are there. That's, 
that's inevitable. If they put the work in, it's going to happen regardless. And we've seen that. But mentally, you can tell the people who kind of take that next step and are like, okay, this is this is more than just physical here, right? But this is more about taking care of my mind. So again, so that it allows my vessel and my mind to work together and be as optimal as possible. Yeah, no. And that's like some awesome stuff because understanding whether it's pro or college, the, mm-hmm. the one thing that's in common is the external stressors are usually the higher ranking ones. And also that more often than not, the special ones are the ones that are always trying to do that next thing and, and bringing them down and understanding that they can pump their brakes every now and then is so important to just their survival. Like, yeah. not like, all American. (laughs) I mean, like 45 years old, you know, like survival. And it's, I think that's fantastic stuff. And to be honest, it's something I'm not really good at, like personally or coaching. Um, And it's something that I need more work at. So I I really appreciate you bringing that up. I think that's, that's a fantastic point. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But no, this is some absolutely killer stuff and people are going to love this. But before we go, we need to talk about where people can find out more about these classes, how often they're they're out there, where they can get to these things because this is this is really important stuff. Well, I think uh, in order to go, so what we have, Christian had mentioned earlier, the certification courses are yes, they are. We have them set up as a trainer certification, but it's really with a focus on education. So whether you're a coach or an athlete or uh, doing it for yourself or for someone else, that's something that uh, I think the feedback that we have had has been really positive that, hey, when I come here, I'm going to go away with a greater awareness, a greater. And I think that's part of, you know, just briefly tying back into that being matching mental resilience to physical resilience is that through that process of connecting to that confidence, especially with this generation, that part of that is also helping make people smarter on a practical level, not a book level, like just an under a self-awareness. And so our courses are very just, they're education-based. We're moving all the time. We don't spend a lot of time just like sitting or looking at slides. Uh, we address a lot of things, but yeah, it's, you're moving and it's educational. So we have our two primary courses, which are foundations. Foundations is the one that kind of gives the overall framework of the system, uh, durability and durability is the through line through everything, all the courses in the education. And then from that, then we have steel mace, kettlebell, suspension, battle rope, steel clubs. I think that's all of them. That's all for and now. then we have for now. Um, and each of those are a specialized focus on the principles of foundations and durability and just looking at, oh, how do I load and how does coming at it from this angle then help everything else that I'm doing? So that's what we've got. Uh, and so those courses can be found on our website. If when you go to onit.com, you will also go to then the academy and in the academy you go to certifications and basically you'll see a whole list and we have courses running every single month and depending on which ones you're looking at doing uh, you'll find anywhere between three three to five happening simultaneously across the country and we have a killer team of master coaches and senior coaches who work with the masters to deliver this content and so anybody uh, wanting to do those educational courses uh, can do that and then they can contact us directly as well. Uh, we have a lot of our team who are starting to do smaller workshops as well. And I think that's an important one that for those who can't commit a full two days that uh, we're starting to get a lot more workshops, a little shorter format, a little more uh, succinct in terms of this focus that you're looking at. And, and then outside of that, we have what's on the website and just the continuing content that's there. And if you're ever in Austin, Texas, come on by the Onnit Academy and experience uh, a class with this gentleman, a class with all of our other really, uh, like coaches who have really worked hard the last two years to own 
Uh, I think we've been lucky. Christian has kind of grown up in our fitness system in that he has had exposure to John uh, and myself indirectly for a longer period of time. But the coaches that have been that have come in and either are getting certified or are working here at the gym uh, have really have really done a lot of work to to like not just do but own what it is we are trying to bring across. And uh, and I don't know if this is for another conversation. We're kind of at the end of this one, but you did mention at the beginning Mark Magna, and there's deep connection there to you guys. Uh, Mark is absolutely just a standout, amazing human being, and what's been really, what's been really incredible is that his whole team. It was one of his team members, which speaks to the quality of what he attracts. Uh, one of his team members came out and did the certification for himself and he went back and he's like, I think this is something important. Mark listened, came and did one himself and their whole team has been going through our entire education system. And uh, and the value continue to bring to all of those that they serve, uh, I think has been huge. And they have been an example for the rest of our growing trainer community. Uh, it's not uncommon for us to kind of go, hey, you want to continue to grow this? You want to continue to like really make this happen? Look to our peeps all over in Miami, uh, Florida, because it's not just Mark and his team, but others that we have really good relationships, they have been growing. Mm-hmm. And what speaks to that community is that then they all interact with each other. They're all not kind of like, oh, I got to do my own thing. And, and so that's something that we really encourage. And uh, so if you find uh, an Audit Academy certified trainer, we feel good about uh, you know people that have been coming through and really working at the system. And Mark and his team, uh, absolutely, lots, so much love for him and them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that for us, there are, we have many testimonials to the experience people have going through our system and all of them completely valid uh, and like super valuable. And I think it's just something special to be able to have a testimonial from him that he speaks so highly to that. And, and just to now start to see all the connections like, oh, wait, we're kind of doing that and that's where he came from. And then we met up independently of, you know, what's happening over in Virginia and all of, and then, Oh, and then there's that. And and then they know each other and there's, so it's been great. It's been great. And I think anybody who's up for, you know, wanting to learn that again, like you said, it's integrative. It's not trying to replace. And if we can contribute to your continued longevity and performance, towards your overall total human optimization and not only what you do, but in your life for the long term, then that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing that we could uh, hope to provide. 100%. And yeah, we could, I can tell Mark Magna stories for hours. <laughs> no. I'd like yeah. to hear more of those. No, man. He is, he really is like, the humble Mick Jagger, man. He is an absolute rock star. He is a superstar, and he's he's done it at everything he's ever done. And he's even a better friend than than he is with all of those other things. I mean, he is just one of the the best human beings I've ever been around. Uh, mm. He's also a tough dude to train with. Uh, he's he's gonna get you to get it in that's for sure like yeah i haven't had i haven't had a chance to get up with him at i don't know what time like at 3 45 or 4 a.m in the morning to get the workout but one of these days i'm gonna jump in and we're gonna get at it i'll tell you what you you better have that clutch in and be ready to get to fifth gear real (laughs) quick because uh (laughs) He don't mess around in neutral all that often, um, but yeah, he's he's a, he's an absolute stud in the profession, and he's everything that we need to keep really pushing things forward in a positive direction. If there's a lot more people like Mark, there'd be a lot more open conversations like we're having here, you know, that we're trying to push with what we do here at Central Virginia, and it's um, 
yeah, man, I'm really, really grateful for your time today, guys. I, I can't thank you enough. This is, this is fantastic stuff. We'll make sure it's all linked in underneath too. And uh, we'll be in touch soon, fellas. Thank you so much. Great. Thank, thank you, you very much. much. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. And a huge thank you to Onnit Academy, Shane Hines and Christian Palsencia for spending the time with us today. Guys, I, I love a lot of the things that they're talking about here. I think that we, we get into these pendulums as to moving way far left and way far right as to performance versus prehab or durability or robustness or whatever cool term we're using now. And what these guys are talking about is just a congenial program working together to build that robustness or durability or longevity or whatever term we want to use along with your performance variables. I, I love it. I love everything that they're doing down in Austin, which is why they've been involved in the seminar. So, you know, guys, I, I can't encourage you enough. Check out the website below. Check out what they're doing. Um, these are classes my staff and I are going to start getting involved in. I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think it's fantastic stuff. And as always, guys, if you enjoyed it, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. If you came across this on the Internet and you're not a subscriber on iTunes, Podomatic, or YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. If you enjoyed it, hit that like button. And please, you know, leave a review on iTunes, Podomatic, or YouTube for us. Uh, you know, that, that really helps us continue to push the information forward to all the great coaches out there, guys. And again, as always, thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing here at Central Virginia Sport Performance and taking your time to listen to the podcast, taking your time to, to read the posts and all of those things. We, we can't thank you enough for all of your involvement, for everything we do here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.